0: got a couple of intro options so i'm just going to run through these welcome back to don't praise the machine a darkly funny primordial soup of musings on culture memory art technology friendship and the meaning of life brought to you by two childhood friends me john maloney and my friend
1: alexander holland
0: communicating across the world via the internet Here's another one. Welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine, where old pals John and Al float like two sanguine river otters on the raging currents of modernity. Welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine, where each week John and...
1: say your name? Alexander Holland.
0: (laughs) Connect online to talk and laugh about everything and nothing like two neighbourhood besties with walkie-talkies who are up past their (laughs) bedtimes.
1: I like that one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Welcome back to Don't Praise the Machine... Where me, John Maloney and my comrade
1: Alexander Panamban, <laughs>
0: hack through <laughs> hack through I'll fix it in post. Act through the spiny thickets of modern humanity in search of a good spot to camp. That's very BBC ish, that one. Um, so yeah. there you go, that'll give us enough to go on. I wanted to ask you about how you're finding living on your lonesome. No, no lonely times, just dreams? There's no lonely
1: times, there's just dreams and yeah, I'm really I'm really good at it. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good at being a... a hermit? A lone soldier. Mm. So yeah, I'm pretty good at being a weird hermit. So of course, I did the first thing that you do when you move into a place is mm-hmm. I put down shredded newspaper all over the floor and I got my water bowl out and <laughs> put that on the floor... And then I have a little rod that I've attached to the ceiling and I just sit on that all day swinging back and forth. So exactly the normal kind of house stuff. (laughs) Occasionally
0: scurrying over to your water bowl. And I have a... That's an unsettling image.
1: I have a... I have a, a lot of seeds formed into the shape of a bell that I've hung from the ceiling as well. Mm. And that's any time I'm hungry for a meal, I go over to my seed bell <laughs> and I chomp away at it. <laughs> Just peck at it.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And if anyone, um, if anyone opens the door, you just start shrieking. Ah! <laughs>
1: I do all the things that we do when we're responsible adults.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um, you told yeah. me that you were that you were doing. You felt freed up to just explore the space in ways that maybe you wouldn't if other people were around. And it's none of my business what you meant by that. But- <laughs>
1: A shower with the door open, for example, mm, I didn't nice. to do that. Yeah. In fact, all, all bathroom activity now takes <laughs> place with the door. I've actually taken the bathroom door off the hinges and I threw out the window. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to pick up on something that you and me were discussing over Instant Messenger the other day, mm? which is... The number of people on earth who are over seven feet tall. Ah, yes. Because because I happen to be watching the Australian television program, Australian Story recently, and I'm Mm -hmm. sure some of our Australian listeners will know they did a two-parter. On Luke Longley, who is an Australian. Mm. He grew up in Fremantle. He uh-huh. he is seven feet two, Luke Longley, and he ended up playing for the Chicago Bulls for some of their 90s team that went on to be absolute champion right. side. So he's yeah. he's he's seven foot two. One of the great uh, sides Longley.
0: in sports history, really, 90s Correct. Chicago Bulls.
1: Correct. Some say the best team in sport ever, period. Mm-hmm. And I was looking, I thought, man, seven foot two is pretty big. Mm. Uh, i'll I'll Google how many people on earth are over seven feet. And I don't know what number I had in my head, but it was definitely bigger than what it said. Mm-hmm. So the claim on the internet is it is estimated that only two thousand eight hundred people in the world are at least seven feet tall, which seems astoundingly small. That's amazing, isn't it? Like you could get them all in a medium sized theater for a indie band concert.
0: Sure. And I feel like I've seen at least a handful of people who would be like, you know, you might be at an airport and someone who's clearly a professional athlete is just kind of, you know, two feet taller than everyone around them. Yeah. Whatever. But then you think, I mean, I probably didn't appreciate my friend, Rob, he has this kind of childlike reaction to anyone who's irregularly tall. It's just like, (laughs) he just, he's just kind of,
1: (laughs) Hey, mister.
0: Yeah, pulling on his trouser leg. <laughs> if he if he's in his house and somebody walks past, he'll just sort of press his nose up against the glass and just be transfixed. <laughs>
1: hey, Mister, mean- how'd you get so big?
0: <laughs> well, son, I ate all my vegetables. <laughs> I mean, when you realise there's only less than three thousand, that's probably an appropriate reaction. They're marvels. Yeah, and yeah, they're beautiful freaks. 2800 how many yeah how, how many 7 footers plus do you think there might be playing in the NBA
1: well this is the thing so this is from I don't I don't know if it's Quora or Cora mm-hmm. but somebody in a thread on the internet had done this and they had there was a big discussion and they had written it is estimated that about 2800 people in the world are at least 7 feet tall or taller in the NBA today, there are fifteen players that are above seven feet in height. If you quickly mm-hmm. do the math, two thousand eight hundred divided by fifteen, and then it's got like zero point zero zero five three seven, blah blah blah. And then it, the claim is about 05 percent of people in the world who are taller than seven feet play in the NBA, which yeah. is insane.
0: That checks out uh, because I stole that fact because I was so amazed by it, and and then kind of, and then. Introduced it in a chat room. People challenged it. So I did a little bit of quick Googling and it's certainly true. I think as of 2019, 20, there were 15 people in the NBA who were seven foot plus. And then you think, well, okay, there's the NBA. There's probably a few seven foot pluses in the NBL, the Australian basketball league. There's probably Mm. a few in like the national teams of other big Basketballing countries like Croatia. Yeah,
1: and I'm just trying to think where else is it really advantageous to be that mm. massive in athletics? Mm. I, I like volleyball players, I know, but yeah, I think if you're that big, you probably can't. I don't know. I don't know if where else. I didn't end up googling what else is tall good for.
0: Yeah, tall. I loved. I loved that fact because you think. I mean, if you're over seven foot tall, if there's only 2,800 people in the world who are over seven feet tall, and most of them don't have any chance of like, well, a good proportion of them would presumably just be in countries where they're unlikely to be spotted by NBA scouts or exposed to basketball. So then you're dealing with a smaller number, again, who are potentially you know, in the situ- in a situation where they might realistically be drafted into the NBA. If you're actually one of the seven feet tall plus people in America, yeah. Then the odds of you being in the NBA are actually like remarkably high. Yeah. Um, so much so that it would seem stupid not to give it a crack. But, you know, that means that there are so you, uh, oh, but overall, one in two hundred people over seven feet tall is in the NBA alone. Yeah. And Presumably others are in other professional basketball leagues. I mean, that's crazy.
1: I mean, if you were over seven feet tall and in the US, it would mm. be embarrassing if you weren't doing slam dunks for the Hornets.
0: You should be ashamed of yourself. Um, I did get my friend Simon, who's into 90s basketball. I did Kembe Matombo cameo a while ago. Mm-hmm. And he's one of these people who was probably, because I think he's from Congo, so he probably was scouted by NBA scouts. I'm
1: going, to, I'm going to look up how tall he is. Dikembe Mutombo. I feel like he's over 7 Yeah, I
0: reckon he'd be over 7 foot.
1: Uh, he is 2.18 meters, so 7 foot 2, same as Luke. There you go. Then we've got some other big boys over 7. you got Manute Boll, oh, yeah, Yao Ming, and Shaquille O'Neal. I think Manute – is Manute Bowl the tallest man ever to play NBA? I think so. Manute Bowl. Minute bowl seven feet seven. Good lord.
0: The tallest man ever was named Robert Wadlow and he was um yeah. he was only he only lived to twenty two, the poor poor chap. But they did try, I think, to get him into professional sports, but he was um wow. he wasn't very reluctant. He wasn't very well uh liked by his teammates. He wasn't very well liked. He was <laughs> ill tempered giant. <laughs> He kept eating them <laughs> <laughs> putting them in his stew where's, where's where's our point
1: guard? and he's just wiping his mouth. <laughs> I don't know. he would talk like that <laughs> don't look at me I don't know It's like picking just <laughs> using a bone as a toothpick.
0: <laughs> no no, don't look at me. <laughs> It's a classic sort of Simpsons (laughs) giant voice. I like it. (laughs)
1: One thing that I'm interested in is the world of alternative proteins. So I'm trying to eat less meat these days for a Mm. bunch of reasons. It's better for the environment. It's better for me. Nobody likes factory farming. It's not good for the planet. Nobody likes animal suffering. That's not what we want. I I don't mind it. (laughs) John likes having (laughs) baths and animal cruelty.
0: That's
1: that's why he's got on his Tinder profile. Yeah. Um, so I'm always, you know, I like to, I like alternative music and I like alternative proteins. Yes, yeah. the kind of guy I am. I've got my nose pierced, i got my ear pierced, and I'm, al- I'm an alternative guy through and through. Mm. So at the <laughs> moment, you've got a company like Beyond Meat, which does vegetable-based alternative, uh, you know, protein. Vegetable-based yeah. non-meat products. Your burgers, they do a chicken now. I've heard that's quite good too. Uh, so their stock has been doing quite well on the U.S. Stock Exchange since they went public. Yeah, So that's one route. The other route, which is exciting a lot of people, lab-grown meat. Mm. So this is what I want to talk about today. So lab-grown meat, the way that lab-grown meat works is you can hu- – so actually, before I say that, there's a few of the problems with current animal farming. So current – Industrial agriculture, according to the World Wildlife Fund, beef production uses twenty-five percent of global land use and forestry emissions, which is oh, pretty. That's crazy. incredible. We've got to do something about that. And one solution is going to be lab-grown meat. Yeah. So what you can do is you can harvest the stem cells from cows, which you can just give them a little, and just just give them a little pinch and take a muscle cell you then mm-hmm. culture the muscle cell in a dish or something some kind of gel mm. one muscle one muscle stem cell can grow up to 1 trillion muscle cells and the muscle cells then they form together in these things called myotubes and then you can take these little myotubes and start squishing them together and make a beef patty right ah. it's paler than your um and your real cow, and it doesn't have the exact same taste, but they're they're working yeah. on it. We're going to get through this. Well, it's real. It's, it's it's yeah, it's real meat, in that it's using real meat flat out. What's well, it's it's real meat flat out? Yeah, <laughs> real meat, but no animal has died, and yeah, and uh, it is cheaper, faster, and more environmentally friendly mm. than obviously the our current
0: methods of using is actual it commercially available animals. or can I go and get lab grind I,
1: I think they've done a few promotional stunts where it's been commercially available briefly right. but I think they would there's some statistic that the first one they did in 2013 it cost something like 350 grand for one burger and I think mm. they have it down to eleven dollars or something now so wow. it's, it's crazy the price is coming right down. But this is yeah. still like too expensive. Nobody's going to be paying 11 bucks for a hamburger yeah, they,
0: patty. They would in Melbourne without question. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, nobody would buy a hamburger patty that was less than 11 bucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But so this is an exciting field lab grown yeah. meat. But it got me thinking. It got me thinking. Yeah. If we're taking out the moral quandary mm. of eating the meat of living creatures. Why stop with cows and chickens and pigs? <laughs> oh, dear. No, 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 no. <laughs> Why don't we start investigating yeah. all of the most exotic meats that we've ever wanted to try. Yeah. And we can start a lab growing them. And I know John's, he's licking his lips. He's thinking that he's always wanted chimpanzee. And I'm like, oh, no, you oh, know. I said- Let's take that one step further, Mijanjan. What's the most delicious exotic meat mm. that we've all been hanging out for? Yeah. But we're all a little bit shy about admitting it.
0: Yeah. I mean, haven't you ever looked at somebody's <laughs> chunky thigh and just gone, <laughs> it's no question that would be quite delicious. <laughs> and so this is the thing. I would Yeah. Or you'd look I look
1: down at my own chunky thigh <laughs> and I go, Yeah. I go, Ooh, I wouldn't mind Chucking a bit of that in the pan with a bit of butter and garlic. Yeah, whack a little
0: bit of paprika on that bad boy.
1: So think about that in the future. You go to this, <laughs> you go to the supermarket, and it just says, "Yeah, dry aged man leg and <laughs> <laughs> veal, veal boy." It just says, it, "It just, it just says dry aged lady rump mincemeat, <laughs> medium fat." And you're thinking, wow, dry-aged lady meat makes the best burgers. You sprinkle a little, add your spices.
0: I always think you could, it's funny when you go to a butcher and they've got sort of endearing illustrations of the animals that they're selling the meat of. Mm. You know, they'll be over the, you could just put a a smiling man on the label (laughs) with this (laughs) sort of, with a, with this kind of fleshy behind,
1: well, and look, and here's here's what I'm saying. I mean, there's so much room for corporations to partner with athletes. Yeah, athlete gives a little bit of their
0: stem cell, and, <laughs> and, it's and like the I equivalent said, equivalent of porn stars making fleshlights. It's just yeah, like, well,
1: this exactly. This is the thing. So, <laughs> like I said, one one stem cell, one muscle stem cell can grow up to a trillion. So, mm. so why not? Why can't I get like Roger Federer mints at the supermarket?
0: <laughs> Limited edition,
1: and he it could be like it could be like the the Swiss delicacy Roger Federer mm. Roger Federer rump rump steak, and there's just a picture on the package of Roger giving a little thumbs up with his tennis racket, <laughs> and you just and it could be the kind of thing that you could even say grass like, hey, Federer. <laughs> grass-fed Roger, and you could throw it into the pan and you could say, let's see what, the greatest tennis player of all time tastes like kids, and they'd get excited for that and they'd want to play tennis.
0: (laughs) That's That's just such a chilling dystopia. It
1: would inspire them to want to play tennis. There's
0: no need to be horrified. It was made in a lab.
1: I mean, the possibilities are endless. Bolognese. Yeah boy bolognese just have some boy bolognese
0: (laughs) (laughs) thanks everyone for for joining us on today's episode of don't praise the machine this has been episode 21 um (whistles) And
1: I think another important thing to mention at this point is in celebration of the 21st episode, we now have an Instagram account. Oh yeah. Which is where we will be posting all of the updates and housekeeping about the podcast. So we already have 80 followers. So jibbity jibbity jump on there. Uh, How can they find us,
0: John? Well, um, well, the the podcast, The podcast is currently at 89 followers, Al. Very exciting. Okay. It's don't, no punctuation, don't underscore praise underscore the underscore machine. And you'll see the now famous icon of me and Al sitting, uh, playing a game of what I imagine is NBA Jam (laughs) Hangtime. So please join. It'll be the site of many exciting stories probably a few visual splags as the, um, as the show goes on. Yeah. Um, you can comment. You can share it with your friends. It's a great vehicle if somebody says, um, where do I find this podcast? Just get them to, to subscribe to the Instagram page and, um, and they'll know whenever there's a new podcast out, whenever there's some show notes that they might take an interest in. And they can be part of the community because there is, I think, a burgeoning don't praise the machine community, but you might not be aware, you know, you might be at home, particularly in these isolating times, listening to the show, loving the show, and you want to share your feelings and your thoughts about it. Well, now you can.